Welcome to Move Wild Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Clapson. The aim of this podcast is to explore, learn, and spread the message of rewilding and natural movement so that we as humans can live in more alignment with our nature and reclaim what it means to be fully alive. The modern world has stripped away so much that used to nourish our mind, body, and soul. This podcast will help illuminate how we can reclaim and restore our innate, wild, capable, and strong spirit. Thanks for joining me on this journey. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Move Wild Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's show and joining me on this episode. So today I'm sharing a conversation that I had with Andrew Lovell of the Alpha Human, which is an organization and a business based around educating people around hunting. I went to one of their courses a couple of years back and found so much value in learning a little bit more of the process of hunting. And it's been a big, a really, really massive shift in many ways on my whole journey of health and rewilding and all the stuff that I talk about in this podcast. And I think it's really important. So I'm really looking forward to jumping into today's interview and getting Andrew's thoughts on uh, the ethics of hunting and just hunting in general and kind of introducing you guys to some of these concepts if you're new to it. Uh, one other thing that I also wanted to mention before we jump into today's show is that my new book, How to Thrive in the Modern World, is now out and you can get a free copy over at ancestralhealthcoaching.com forward slash book. So you can pause the show and do that now if you want or you can head down to the show notes after the show and get yourself a free copy. These are the key principles, practices and pillars that I believe we need in order to be able to navigate through this crazy world that we live in and really honor our biology and physiology and set ourselves up so that we experience vibrant health on a daily basis as we are meant to as human beings, but that has been stripped away by so many of the things that we find and experience in the modern world. So head over and get your free copy of that book at ancestralhealthcoaching.com forward slash book. Uh, but other than that, let's jump into today's show with Andrew, and I'll catch you guys on the other side for how you can connect with Andrew and how you can connect with me. Sweet. All right. Well, yeah, thanks, Andrew, for coming on. I really appreciate you sharing your time with us today. No, yeah, no worries, man. Anytime. Absolutely. So uh, to start with, I'd like to get a little bit of um, kind of your backstory and how you got into what you do today and how you got into hunting. Sure, sure, sure. Well, look, I, I grew up in Bondi. I'm a born and raised Bondi boy there. And, and um, my old man was a park ranger. And I sort of fell in love with the bush and the outdoors as a young fella with him. Um, uh, and, you know, look, literally camping and bushwalking was sort of what my sort of every, done every weekend for us. And, uh, and, and that's where my love affair came with the wilderness and the outdoors. Uh, and my my parents split up when I was about eight and I moved to the country um, on, a, on a large working farm out the back near Berrima. And my stepfather was into hunting. My, my father actually wasn't. So I sort of got a bit of bet, the best of both worlds, really. I had the, um, all, the, all the outdoor wreck and camping stuff with my dad and then the hunting side with my, my stepfather. And he taught me, taught me how to shoot and taught me how to stalk and all the basic stuff to, uh, you know, to, to, to hunting. Um, all basic really it was never really that advanced and I fell in love really sort of fell in love with it and, and took it on from there and sort of spent you know many 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 years you know working on my craft and and um yeah getting getting good at it and, and look my the, the hunting's a hunting's a big part of being in the outdoors and hunting has a, the, the word hunting sort of people think of strictly just killing things but uh what a, all the 
everything which goes along with the hunt uh, is what I'm in love with, you know? So uh, that, that, that's sort of where I've, that's where I sort of got started really. And um, yeah, I've been, you know, I'm, what am I, 34 now? So I've sort of been hunting ever since I was a, a little tacker, probably 12, 30, 12 really is when I started with my, with my stepfather. Um, yeah, and just, you know, the outdoors really with my father. And now my father's a hunter. He's, he's seen the love and the, the, you know, how much I love it. Uh, and he, he's, you know, he's now started joining me and, and he joins me on a lot of trips every year in New Zealand and uh, at our property up north in Scone. Awesome. That's cool, yeah. man. I'd, yeah. Like, yeah, I'd like to get your, your view on, like, what hunting means and, and how you see hunting because I know you mentioned a lot of people just view it as, as just killing um, yeah. what, are, what are your thoughts on like what hunting means to you and why it's important to you? Well, look, um, that's a good question. The, um, I've got my, my mind races flat out all the time. I'm sort of hyperactive and I find when I'm, when I spend time in the bush, it really centers me and slows me down. And, um, the actual act of hunting forces you to slow down in order to be successful there's no other way you've got to be patient you've got to be methodical you've got to be present like you've got to be in the moment there and i i work a fast-paced life in the city uh and and i need that exit i need that time to be able to get out and and get some downtime even though i come back exhausted and tired and wrecked and but it's more of a mental thing for me and i mean i've got my wife's uh, run into yoga and meditation and a good way of explaining this you know hunting for me is like an active meditation yeah. uh, you know it's something which um you can do on your own you can do with your buddy um but the world goes like when you're like i know when i'm on point and when i'm doing things right is when i've got the you know other animals whether it be foxes or wedgetail eagles or you know any other sort of any other animal in the wilderness wandering past me at four or five meters, I've got no idea, you know, no idea I'm there. And I know at that point that I'm now like present and submersed in nature. Uh, and, and look, and mentally for me, it's important. Uh, it, it, it keeps me, it keeps me centered. And I come back from, I come back from a trip and I always I feel like I've had a, I feel like I've had a real break and I can only have two days in the bush, you know? Um, yeah, so look, I, I, and that's you know the pressures of life. I'm a I'm a new father as well. I've got an 18 months old, and um, I've got a very understanding wife, and she knows how much it means to me to be able to get out. So she gives me a lot of you know a lot of time to be able to um, get out there and, and and get get the time in for myself personally. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Um, what are your views? Because I, I know you know hunting can be a controversial topic. Like, what are your views on? The relevance of hunting in the modern world and kind of the ethics um, behind it, and what what ethics do you take into it? Yeah, well, look, I mean, ethics is a funny, funny thing, really, and it, everyone has their own ethics and what is ethical. And but you know, like, I mean, I, I've sort of set the standard for what I think is personally ethical, and other people have a different benchmark. Um, look, there's a there's quite a um, there's quite a dark shadow cast on hunting from the traditional trophy hunters especially out of africa where you've got these you know these endangered animals which are being shot um and, and that really kind of unfortunately depicts hunters as a you know as a whole a lot of people who don't understand the hunting and what it's all about um really just look at that and that's the sort of weak point and it's that grip and green holding a 
a lion's head or a rhino's head or anything like, you know, anything like that, which is, you know, which I find quite repulsive myself. Uh, and people associate hunters, you know, with that. Uh, a lot of people who I, majority of people I hunt with are traditionally all meat hunters. They're just out there for, for you know, harvesting their own meat and they love, they love the processing. And like, I've just come back from a hunt and I've got 26 kilos of, of venison mince meat in the freezer at the moment, which, which awesome. is, yeah, mate, it's so good. Mixed it up with pork fat. I got some with lamb fat. I got some with beef fat, and I got my family here. I mean, they're, I've got like my mother-in-law and, and their and her uh, her nephews here are gonna, all going to be eating all going to be eating venison tonight, which is which is awesome. And these guys are full-blown city kids, and and you know, I, I come I come in. Uncle Lovell comes in and, and, and makes all the venison stuff, which is a great exposure for them because they haven't grown up with it. Um, but look, the, the thing also look, on the ethical side of things is you know, I, I have the the Alpha human. Um, business with Eamon, my partner there, and really we are an ethical hunting course, teaching people how to do things correctly from the start. And look, I I was never taught how to do things from the start like that with my father, my stepfather. It was, um, it was a different, I think, I think the old school mentality of, of teaching people um, and passing down, you know, information needed to be changed a little. And I wanted to, I want to make it sort of more, mainstream so people can access information which uh is no longer a taboo topic you know and and on the ethical side of things i've i've been around hunters who are shooting and not doing things the right way which um drove me to sort of do things even you know be, be even more stringent on my ethics and um and this is where i sort of this is where the alpha human was born really um and, and look i think i think ethics I think ethics uh, with the within the general public's view, I mean ethics of you know cattle farming, you know you know live exports. There's a whole range. There's a, it's a, it's a big beehive of sort of uh, it's a beehive of controversy really. Uh, you know, so like you know hunting an animal which has lived a free you know free range life its whole life and 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 shooting it with a you know with a you know a rifle. Uh, or a bow and you know having it you know, expelled in you know 30 40 seconds opposed to you know cattle being reared on antibiotics and moved around in stock trucks and exported overseas live and then you know it, it, there's there's a whole array of it and it depends how far sort of how deep you want to go with it but um my belief that my belief on the ethical side is it's, it's a, more of an ethical choice delivering meat the way i do than what it is you know through the traditional farming methods yeah um, absolutely but, but it doesn't mean that i don't eat i still i'll still go out for you know dinner with my wife i'll i'll still buy a steak and if i have got no venison at home i'll go and buy a big juicy scotch fillet and, and eat that i've got no no issue with it so i'm not i'm not out running uh an ethical protest with with people it's if i have the ability to make a change i'll do it um but i'm not complete diehard where i'm refusing to eat you know grass-fed you know cattle yeah, yeah, totally. I, I love that. And, and I guess there's, or, or you have a lot of context as to where your meat comes from. And I'd like, maybe you could touch on how important it is to have a sense of connection to food or a story of where your food comes from, as opposed to just um, yeah. having no idea. And I think yeah, hunting gives that, um, yeah, hunting gives us that, I guess. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Look, look I did a, I did a short film called Hide to Heart um, uh, with, uh, it's actually on the Alpha Human website, um, thealphahuman.net. You can check the little film out there. And it's just really an idea about, you know, the disconnection that society has currently with food and 
and I've had first-hand experience going shopping with you know with buddies who've grown up in the city, and, and they they can't tell the difference between lamb and beef. You know, so they've got to go in and have a look for the sign, which is signposted on the Woolworths supermarket saying this is lamb and this is beef. They don't know what cut <laughs> or, You know, that, I mean, they can't tell the difference between a chop or a cutlet, or they can't yeah. tell the difference between a, uh, a, a, you know, a ribeye and a T-bone. But, you know, so, so there's that disconnection, but there's also the disconnection that, you know, everything comes served wrapped up on a styrofoam plate wrapped in cellophane and wrapped in glad wrap and it's all instant gratification. There's no work for it. Um, and I think us as humans identify with struggle and hunting gives that to you as well because, you know, you've got to earn the right. You've got to go out there. It's packing the car, filling the truck up. You know, spending time out in the you know out in the field looking for looking for your you know looking for your deer or looking for your pigs or whatever you're shooting your goats and and then and then executing the shot and then butchering and then packing it out. So you, you, the the struggle goes along with with the actual protein that you're carrying out. And when you get it home, then you dress it out, then you put it through the grinder, then you go get your fat and put it through the grinder again, and then you freeze it, and then all of a sudden now it's on your plate. Huge amount of effort, huge amount of output, but the taste and the reward is so great. Um, you know, you don't, you don't remember the easy days, you remember the hard days. So I think we kind of, as humans, all identify with the struggle and there's no struggle going to the supermarket. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's no struggle. So, you know, so it's, it's, it's that instant gratification there is, is where I think we lose context, lose connection with, with what we're having. And also, you know, like you actually don't know where the animals come from, how it's been treated. You don't know any history behind it either. So by doing the full circle, you've really taken responsibility yourself personally on how it's ethically done. How is it shot? You know, did you, did you, was a bullet in the right place? It wasn't a gut shot. It was shot through the heart. It was shot through the vital organs. It dropped in, you know, 15 seconds or it dropped straight away. And, and you were there for the whole process. But when you're going through to a supermarket, you're not part of that process at all. You're at the very end. You're the, you're the consumer at the end. So, you know, um, yeah, that's sort of, that's sort of where I'm at re really with it. And it's, I, I, I'm not one to say this wrong and right. It's not, I'm not, I'm not out there preaching because I'm not that type of person. I've got no issues with people solely living off that. Um, I think a lot of... Um, questions come on what I do and what hunters do uh, is through lack of information, lack of knowledge. That's yeah. the, yeah, that's because I find, I find I, I often come across or have these conversations with people who are quite averse to it, but give me half an hour, an hour with them to explain what and how we do it. They completely turned around and they go, Oh my God, I didn't really I had no idea. It's amazing. You know, yeah. and they go yeah. from, they go from, you know, a, you know, a, an antagonist, uh, into someone who's you know t totally totally cool with it and and and, and want to come along you know and want to be a part of it you know? yeah that's awesome man and i guess that's that's why you created alpha human was to give people that experience to be able to actually see what hunting is and see how they can get started with it can you give us like a brief description of what some of the courses are that you offer with the alpha human yeah sure sure so look the alpha human was born really um uh, trying to take the mystery away from uh, specifically deer hunting, but hunting in general, um, and shorten the learning curve for people who want to get into it. Because there's, uh, I could see quite a movement happening within the general public and wanting to identify and um, 
be a part of the process of of of, the, of eating, and especially with the CrossFit industry, a lot of people in the health and health and wellness industry, a lot of people wanting to eat hormone-free meat and wanting to be a part of a part of the the, the life cycle, really. Um, and you, Joe Rogan's been a great advocate for for us and for the industry because um, he was a you know a forty-five-year-old city boy who's never shot a bow into now he's you know pretty much eating solely elk you know lives on elk the whole time and he, and and loves it you know so he's been a great he's been a great um driver for what we do and a lot of people who come on the courses have listened to joe rogan um yeah. so he's been a really good uh, advocate for us and but look when i was growing up trying to get information on hunting and deer hunting especially was like it was like the old school guys didn't want to give away their good fishing spots. No one told them. No one, no one said anything. It was do it the hard way. You know, it was that sort of school of hard knocks. And, and I, and I, and I ran that way and I just, I read, I spent time in the field and I searched and searched for a mentor. And I finally found a mentor who was willing enough to, to um, take me under his wing and really take me deep diving into, into deer hunting and specifically deer hunting. And he's a, he's about, I cheat, I had his 60th birthday last week up at our hunting lodge. Um, oh, awesome. Uh, up near Skyne, which is Orthman. And I've been hunting with him for sort of, you know, a long, long time now. And, and he's that old school hunter. I'm the new school hunter. And we've combined our knowledge. And every time we get back together again, we're, we're learning. But um, the driver really is to, was to be able to offer um, information to people, whether it be what year to buy, how to save money, how to get involved, how to start getting a club, becoming a part of a member, membership of a club, insurances, but then also the course itself was a base, I wanted to base it on an experience. So it was an experience-based adventure. I mean, you, I mean you, 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 you came along with this, I think it was last year. And yeah. I really wanted to have that all senses sort of pushed. I wanted to, I wanted you, you've got to be in the field, you've got to see the animals, you've got to touch the animals, you've got to smell the animals. You want to be close enough. You know, we got, I often get courses in close enough to, 20 yards of deer which is you know when you've got a group of four super hard but we get yeah there. wow That's and awesome. can, yeah man and you're close enough you can smell the muskiness of the stags and and then i wanted i wanted the, the taste to be there as well so i have a, you know a mate of mine up there chefing for us we've got a smoker and we eat the venison that day eat it straight off the paddock hasn't been aged and you can do that no problem providing you know it's cooked right so i wanted the taste sensation to be there and i wanted so i wanted to really touch on all senses really um but while also driving through like really just basic practical knowledge and um, you know, practical knowledge on archery. And if guys want to learn about rifles, they can learn about rifles um, and, and, and then, and then meat preparation. And, and that's the thing is this, there's, I've got to be, I had to be careful in the early days not to overload the course with information because there's so much info I want to give people, but it, there's only so much info we can take in. So I sort of, I've, I've sort of fine tuned the course now to, to, um, to that level one course, which is a two day retreat, a two and a half day retreat. And we've just got a new property in um, the back of Scone, 10,000, 10,000 acres. And it's full of red deer, fallow deer, uh, pigs and goats. So a huge amount of game meat, all edible, which is great. And nice. I want people to get their hands dirty. I want people walking away with, you know, four or five kilos of venison each or, or, or goat or whatever, you know, whatever we're hunting and, and, and getting there and, and really like participating actively. So um, teaching them how to glass, teaching them how to shoot their bows, safety, butchering, cooking and, uh, and then tracking, you know, and, and the actual finding of the deer and identifying the deer through the glass. And that's sort of, I wanted to give everyone a taste for it because I think the level one course people walk out going, 
going into it going, is this what I want to do? And this is a good course to be able to give you a flavor of everything, knowing what and I expect you to walk out of there going, I absolutely love this, or that might not, you know, that wasn't for me, or, you know, at least have a, have a bit of decision around it. Um, yeah, and, and, and then we have a level two course, which basically once people have finished level one, I open up the property for them to come up for uh, a bit more of a um, uh, intimate uh, time with our guides, where we've got, you know, there's two, two, two um, course participants with one guide. And, uh, and they really get some one-on-one tutorials. So that's, look, people who come through level two have generally gone out, they've bought a bow, they've gone out, they've got the rifle license, and they want to come back in now and just hone in on the skills that we've taught them in level one. And it's, you know, it's a three to three and a half day um, um, course. And we're essentially guiding, guiding the course participant and they're behind the rifle or behind the bow. And uh, we're getting them in on, on animals and, and doing all the butchering with them and just essentially, um, you know, having them execute what we taught them in the level one on stuff, which is, which is great. And, yeah. And, and then we do private guiding afterwards and it sort of, it goes on, which is, which is great. And, and look, what I wanted to do really with this new property we've got in Hunter Valley, sorry, which is North, North, North Northern Hunter Valley is, is I wanted to make this, people who've done their level one course and they've done the level two course, Getting access to private property is so difficult. Getting access to really good huntable state forest in New South Wales is virtually impossible. I wanted to create a bit of a network here for people to be able to come and book the property to hunt on. I wanted to make a fam family friendly spot so you could bring your wife uh, and you, you know, and you could bring your kids there and be able to go off hunting in the mornings and the afternoons, spend time with the kids during the day and make it that sort of vibe. That's sort of really what I'm wanting to do because I know how hard it is to get away with a family. Um, so. I've just built this cabin there with a crew of my, my mates and we've got, um, I think we sleep 14 in the cabin now and then all around it is a big camping area. So um, I've, I've got about, can allow about eight hunters on the property at one time. Um, I supply radios and all that sort of stuff. And then you can come up with your family's camp there, hang out and, uh, and go, you know, go get involved, which is, which is cool. Yeah, that's epic. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I'll shoot you some photos of the property as well, um, so you can have a look at it. It's just, it's, it's absolutely magical. It's cliff line and clouds, and you're up high in the mountains, and it's, it's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's great that you've created that because, as you say, it is so hard um, to get access to private property, or if you, especially if you don't, if you're new to hunting and you're just coming into it and you don't know where to start. So yeah. that's a great resource that you've created. Yeah, that's it. So essentially, we can we can step people through the whole life cycle of hunting from the beginning to an intermediate, you know, to the do your level twos, and then to now you can come up and book the property and hunt it yourself, and you've got access to it. We know you; you're part of the family. Come on in. Um, yeah. And yeah. That's great. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, and I and it's one of those things that it's so much easier getting a mentor to learn the skill of hunting, like going out and doing it on your own and trying to figure all that stuff out on your own is it's a lot more time consuming, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Look, exactly. And it's about, like I said, shortening that learning curve. So I can give you the foundations and then you can go out and play with it and play with it. And of course, you know, you, you're going to create your own way of doing things, but it's good to get the basic foundations down and, 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 uh, you know, down to bullet placement, shot placement and all that sort of stuff and identifying your prey and all that sort of safety stuff as well and learning the right way. Cause you can, you know, you know, in in two courses, there, the level one, level two. You, it's, it's essentially you can take five years off your hunting, hunt off, you know, off your hunting sort of um, 
experience or, or, or time, you can shorten it into, into, you know, three, four, five days. And, yeah. and then you can go and deploy, deploy techniques, come back in for a brush up, go do some private guiding. Uh, and within a year or two, you know, I mean, you'd you, you be, be all over it. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. yeah, when when I came to um, when I came to the level one, I, yeah. I was um, one of the things that I learned a lot about was all the different deer species and all just the different things that you can hunt in Australia. And for someone who has no idea about hunting, what are some of the like species that we have out here, and how many how many deer do we actually have in Australia? Because it was quite surprising to me to kind of hear about that when I did the level one. Yeah, look, the numbers are, you know, really high. I think the bushfires here are going to have a bit of an um, impact on them. Um, the, you know, the bushfires are quite catastrophic and they're moving quicker than animals could move, unfortunately. So, look, you know, you've got your, you, you're the largest deer, largest deer species we have are the samba, and they, they get up to about sorry, 350 kilos, 400 kilos, 350 kilos. They're huge, massive. Wow. Absolutely, like, like horses. And they, they, they love the mountains down in Victoria and, and uh, New South Wales high country. And, that, and look, there's reports of them being, you know, on the Illawarra, um, what's it called? That's the National Park through there, the um, Royal National Park. And then oh, yeah. all, the way, all the way up in the Barrington Tops, they're talking about Samba up, up through there in the back of Central Coast. Um, wow. Then you've got your red deer, which are your classical, you know, big antlered, um, you know, you see them on a whiskey bottle kind of, you know, the two of his new cans got a big red deer on the front of it. That's the yeah. sort of traditional big, 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 um, big, big antler deer. And then you've got fallow deer, um, which you saw on the, um, on the course we did there. Yeah. Um, you've got cheetle and you've got hog deer uh, and you've got, what else is there? Axis deer. So about six species. Um, and they, and they, 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 they fly up and down the East Coast. They're out in WA. They're all through Victoria. Um, the back of Barrel. They're all through Blangelo State Forest. I mean, they're everywhere. you just got to understand, you know, look, I mean, your private property is just, you know, really, if you can get onto it, that's you know, where they are. We're in Camden. I'm in Camden at the moment. And three deer turned up on our security camera in our walking into our motorbike shed the other night. You know? Oh, wow. <laughs> I've, never, I've, never, I've never seen them out here before. And we're virtually surrounded by, like, you know, it's almost, um, you know, like, like it, it's almost a bit of a, it's metropolitan. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> That's you awesome. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. So there's heaps of, and then, and then goats as well. There's heaps of goats, wild pigs and, you know, so plenty of stuff to eat out there. Yeah, that's great. So goats, wild pigs and deer are the main things that you'd be hunting if you, if you went out. Yeah, yeah, they're out in... Uh, out, out of the block up there um, is really what, what we're chasing: red deer, red deer, fallow deer, pigs, and pigs and goats. And um, there's no there's no shortage of it. I tell you what, there's there's plenty out there. And look, I tell you what, the, they 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 ran a helicopter um, cull through there. The government went through and culled a whole bunch of fallow deer and red deer up there, which is which was heartbreaking. But they that area they shot in um, Northern Hunter, the Upper Hunter, eleven thousand deer. I think they shot. Um, oh wow. Yeah, in um, oh, they did it. They did it. They got another shoot coming up. They did it most of last year. They did it probably about three months of shooting, um, and knocked over a huge amount. But look, I mean, the property we're at there's still got few, you know, huge, huge volumes of deer, and the rut and raw I've just walked out of, which is you know the breeding time when they're being very vocal. Man, the, the valley was lit up with with noise. It was you know it's amazing. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah can you, it's can such you, a cool experience to hear them. Oh yeah, I bet that would be yeah, that would be intense. 
Can you uh, tell us a little bit about your last hunting experience, like how that went and, and what you got? Yeah, yeah, sure. So look, um, we, we've got, we, so, so built, I built the cabin there in January um, with uh, sort of two, three of the guys who I hunt with regularly, my good buddies, the builders, they came up to give me a hand. And then I spoke to my broader network of mates who are chippies and, and tradies and they all came up as a bit of a working bee and we got this awesome timber cabin built. Uh, we milled all the timber off the property ourselves with a, Sweet. With a mobile mill. So everything, like nothing there except for, you know, except for the, the, uh, the tech screws and the, you know, and, and the fixings were, you know, were bought. Everything else just came off the block. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, got a, we, we had a huge big stone fireplace, um, fireplace mate. So we got this um, stone, stone mason to come in and build this big wall. So we got oh, this, man. Big, That's yeah, it. this big camp oven, <laughs> big camp oven rack, which goes over the top of it. We just sort of, everything hangs over that, which is great. Then we got a big kitchen and uh, flushing toilet, hot water, shower. So we got all some of the soft stuff, which is nice to have, especially if you're out there for, for um, you know, for a week or ten days, it's nice to have nice to have a little bit of the soft stuff. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and, sure. and and then what I've done is I've made I've made bunks three level high and then lined them with swag. So the bottom levels all queen size swags, and the yeah. next level king singles, and the next level is king singles. And I think I sleeps fourteen individuals. And if you put um, a couple in each of the the queen size swags, it jumps up to about eighteen people. Um, Sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just cool. And and, and so look, I, I got up there with all the guys who I traditionally hunt with in New Zealand. I normally go to New Zealand every year hunting this time of year. Um, so there's the, our core groups, the six of us, um, and all from different sort of walks of life. And uh, my father's included actually as well. So we all got up to the, the hunting cabin, and the day we got there, um, really the valleys were just roaring alive with red deer, and they were they were really singing, and we'd we'd turn the generator off at night and, and um, we'd give some big, you know, give some big roars out through, through the, through the um, big horn and uh, one valley would light up and you hear this. Ooh, ooh, right? And then, and then he'd set the next valley off and then all of a sudden all the valleys around us just roaring at us, you know, and it's, wow. it's, it's so cool to be able to communicate with them ourselves, you know, like, yeah, uh, it's really That's cool. Epic. Yeah, man. Really cool. So, so the reds were going off, for the first four or five days uh and and all the boy i think we shot um we shot two we shot two red um red stags over those four days and then then the fallow deer uh they start to come in the breeding season just a little bit after the red so probably about two days before we left the fallows started to completely go crazy and the reds went silent and and the fallows make it more of a croak and they they, they croak for a longer period so they'll if they if you get them all fired up, they'll might croak for 40 seconds where the red deer will give you a bit of a roar here and there. But the fallow, the fallow are great because you can, they'll croak for so long that you can move in on them and stalk in on them really, you know, quite easily while they're, while they're making all that noise. So they're great fun animal to, to, to get close to. And I had Mitch up there who's a good buddy of mine. He's, um, he took a month off work and hunted for a month straight and didn't put an animal on the ground at all. He's a, he's more of a, he's a, meat and trophy hunter so he's looking for a really good trophy but also a great animal which supplies meat and he just didn't find the animal he, he wanted to shoot so he didn't shoot anything for a month period of being in the bush which is you know which is great because i mean he knows what he wants and we we put about maybe six meat animals on the deck there and then uh had a butcher up there who's who looks after camp nev he he butchered up all the animals for us and divided up all the meat and we all went, went home with about 25 kilos of meat each 
Um, oh, wow. Yeah, awesome. yeah, mate, so good. You know, so good. But, you know, look, great camaraderie. And, you know, I spent time with my dad out there. I spent time with my best mates out there. And I'd rotate hunting with, you know, I might hunt with a buddy of mine, Zave, or I hunt with Eddie the next morning. I hunt with my father the next morning. And it's just great, great time, great bloke time. And we just loved it, you know, loved it. It was, it was just you know, so much fun. And every year we hang out for it. We've been doing it for about eight years now uh, that, with that same crew. And it's a bit of a, becomes a bit of a traditional thing, really. Uh, and it's the first time we've done it in Australia. It's been in New Zealand the whole time, but this COVID-19 thing sort of locked us down. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah, it must be great to be able to go out with friends. And I guess it's such a natural thing, like go hunting with a, with a bunch of mates and, and have that sense of purpose and you have a bit of struggle, as you mentioned before, and have a story to come back with with the, with the meat that you're getting. That's right, man. You don't remember the easy days, you remember the hard days. And, and yeah. that's, uh, that's great. And that's what New Zealand has to offer because of the terrain. And this is what this property has to offer as well because you can really bust your chops up there. The, the hills are steep and the, the weather's quite volatile and and it's a, it's a you, you really earn it on that property which is great it's not a it's not a rolling you know sort of flat flat property this is this you get your legs burning it too <laughs> yeah <I> bet. <laughs> yeah. and new zealand would be pretty intense to hunt as well i imagine yeah yeah new zealand was great i did two weeks there last year and i went over there super fit and i came back and lost nine kilos in two weeks oh wow <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't get my, I couldn't get boots on for about ten days afterwards. My feet were so, so chopped up from, from being wet for so long. And <laughs> yeah, I bet. yeah. Well, actually, a mate of mine broke his ankle on the last day we were out there, and it was, oh, really? yeah, it was a huge walkout. It was like a, it was a, we got picked up by a helicopter at five thirty in the morning, dropped off at the tops, hunted all day. He broke his ankle at three. And then it was a 12 hour walkout and we, we couldn't, he had to walk out. We couldn't, couldn't not, couldn't get a helicopter in or anything. It was too thick. So we, we got back into camp at about three in the morning. And um, that was a, that was a one, one for the memory bank, that one. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah. But okay, that's what you train for. That's why you take it seriously. And that's, you know, like I, I, I often, I, I always find myself overpacking and going, Oh, I don't need this. I don't need that. But, it, it's the times like that when you thank you know if you, you think you're you're really happy that you're fit and and healthy, but you're happy you've got enough food with you, you've got enough jet ball, you know, gas with you, you've got a good medical kit with you, you've got tape, you got you know a thermo bag if you get cold. It's all that's the time is you know like when when stuff goes wrong like that, that's when it's good to you know to to, to overpack like me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's good. better to be over-prepared than under-prepared, eh? That's right, that's right. I know, you're yeah. Kicking yourself, yourself if you're under-prepared. Yeah, absolutely. What kind of um, training do you do, like, fitness-wise to get ready for some of these hunts? Look, look, I find um, the, the, the best thing to, for, for, for training for hunting is actually doing it, like, is actually walking. Um, yeah. So I, I've got a 27-kilo uh, weight vest. I, I run, if I'm, if I'm doing a four-day pack hike, I run at about 24 kilo. Um, and I generally just overload a little bit heavier and I'll, I'll, I'll throw the weight vest on and I try to do, I, I'll start training in after the silly season. So after Christmas, I start to get into it after New Year's. So around the sort of second week, second week of Jan, I'll get into it in preparation for the end of March. So, um, takes about three months and really getting walk fits a different type of fitness. So look, I do a lot of that sort of interval training, um, and then a lot of walking, a lot of pack hiking. Um, and the thing about New Zealand is it's so hilly that there's nowhere in Sydney that I can find which 
even comes close to the sort of terrain that you're walking on. You just can't do it. So, um, I mean, I, I used to walk Palm Beach, the Palm Beach Lighthouse, and I do, yeah. you know, I do um, ten up and backs uh, as a as a bit of prep, and I'd still get to New Zealand. I'd be ten up and backs with twenty seven kilos on, plus a eight k walk to get there, and I get to New Zealand, and I'm still still hurting. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing, yeah. you know, like so. Look, cross training, look, look, core, core, like a lot of core stuff, a lot of leg stuff, getting your getting your glutes and hammies all fired up and strong um uh, it, it is a big one and and then look and then also being quite light is is you know stripping off a bit of bit of weight is good to so not being like not being too bulky but having having super strong calves and legs and core because uh, you just you just don't stop climbing and so either you're either walking on side hill or you're walking straight up and it's it's, it's um it gasses you so your 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 actual cardio fitness wants to be good but you want to have strong legs um and, and a bit of determination because it, it's uh, it's it, there's never been a time where I haven't felt broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it's just a different kind of fitness to what a lot of people are used to. It's just like with hunting, it's just so much walking and so much packing heavy stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awkward stuff like especially carrying meat out. It's like carrying water, so it swings on your back. So yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, up, you're up on cliff lines, you know, in New Zealand, and it's like there's some serious drops, and your backpack is like carrying a giant water bottle, <laughs> and it's swinging around. <laughs> on it, you know? it gets a bit, it gets a bit hairy, but but it's um yeah. Look, I mean, you've really just got to walk and just do the actual physical, the like do what you're doing when you're hunting. Really, just he heavy weight, heavy weight for packing out, and and heaps of cardio. Yeah, awesome. If yeah. um if if someone was like really keen to start getting hunted hunting what would you say would be the first thing that they should do to kind of prepare themselves to start hunting or what are some of the basics that they can do like today or in the next few months to start getting into hunting well look i think marksmanship is really important um so whether whether it be your, if you're a rifle shooter already or if you're getting into bow hunting um protecting that art is something you can do in the backyard um and it's something that the animal deserves um you're, you're, I, I, before I take people out guiding, I have them shoot a group. Uh, if, they're, if, they're on a, if they're on a rifle, I have them shoot an inch group at 100 yards. And it, it, you know, if they're on a bow, they've got to shoot, they've got to shoot a four-inch group at you know, 50 yards. So that's, that's our sort of minimum requirement. I think mastering that art you can do without having to find your hunting property and go hunting the whole time. And it's, it's the base that you've got to have anyhow. So I think, I think working on mastering um you know your accuracy with whatever discipline you're using is is vital and then the rest of it will flow in afterwards so um you know there's archery ranges all through sydney you can get a block target and shoot in the backyard pulling the bow back pulling the bow back getting those muscles developed you know your rear delt muscles getting all that developed so you're you're on point and you're doing the animal justice is is my probably my, my most important point i'd say yeah cool um what what do you think the pros and cons are of say um bow hunting versus rifle hunting for both of them like what would the pros be of um either one of them pros and cons? look like if you want to if you want to if you want to make if you're out there for adventure and meat isn't a huge part of it for you you're out there for the adventure and the and the you know the love of it bow hunting is great because the, the, like the reward fact, the rewards are far lower than what it is with the rifle because you just have to be that much closer. It's that much harder to get in. Where rifle, I mean, 
the way I do things is I'll, I'll shoot with a rifle uh, for me and then I'll have the adventure stuff with a bow. Yeah. Um, so, so I can guarantee I can fill my freezer up with a rifle and virtually guarantee every time I'm out, I can do that. So I can tick that box and I get the meat and get what I'm after, but then pick up the bow and go play with the bow and, and get out there for, for, you know, all the ninja stuff, getting in really tight with your boots off and, and, um, you know, and, and testing your skills, you know? Um, so I look, I, I like both disciplines. Um, my, my business partner, Eamon, he's strictly a bow hunter uh, and he's a very, very good bow hunter. And it's unusual that, he, I mean, he's sort of probably every second trip, he's knocking over a meat animal, which is great, but it takes a long time to get to that level, a lot, lot long time. You've got to really know, not, not just know how to shoot well, not just know how to hunt well, but know the species really well. You've got to have hunted that species. He's, you know, Eamon with reds and fallow is just, he's a, he's a master at it. And, um, um he knows he knows he can, he can look at the animal and and just by their flicker of an ear or a lift of a tail or the stomp of a foot you know he knows w- what the animal's going to do and can, and can predict it you know so um he's a bit of a kitten sort of a, a, you know a bit of a, a one-off really um and the, all the, the thing about rifles which i don't like about rifles and it's illegal to have a suppressor over here which you know which reduces the noise they're just so loud and they're invasive and i just don't like i don't, i just don't like that about rifles but yeah. they're super they're a great tool when used properly to fill your freezer you know i love the purity of the bow i love the the the, 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 the zero noise of the arrow flight you know that's what's beautiful yeah. and ma- magical about the bow uh but practicality wise and if you want to you know be eating heaps of venison uh, i think you better get a rifle <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and and how long like how long has it taken Eamon to get to that point where he can like get that kind of success rate with a bow? He's been bow hunting for a long time now, uh, since he was a little a little tacker. So and look, he grew up on a property down in Aubrey, uh, Aubrey Wodonga way on the border, uh, yeah. and they're full of samba. And samba are probably traditionally the hardest animal, hardest deer species to hunt, because they've evolved they've evolved from India with you know tigers chasing them. So they're they're uh, they're super alert. They've got bigger ears, bigger sense, better sense of smell, bigger eyes. They're a bigger bodied animal as well, and and they live in the thick bush. I mean, they're just super hard to hunt. If we look at fallow, for example, they're open grazers. They'll be they they'll come out a bit more like cattle, and they'll be in a bit of a herd. Samba aren't like that at all. You got to be in. You got to be. You know, you, you can't see much more than thirty yards. You know, in there with them. So it's a completely different style of hunting, and he's learnt to hunt like that which is a pinnacle so when he goes out and hunts fallow and reds and, and that sort of stuff it's a, it's a lot easier for him because uh, yeah. he, he's he started with he started with the, the hardest the hardest ungulate species in the world to hunt <laughs> yeah yeah totally yeah so just to give people an idea it's, it's quite a long sounds like quite a long journey to be able to get that good at bow hunting it's not something you you, you do no, yeah, definitely it's not something you pick up and just go okay let's get good at this really quickly like you know like it's a bit like surfing you know you got to put the hours in you got to learn how to read the wave, learn where the, where, where the, you know, learn what the wind's doing, learn where the sandbars are, learn where it's going to pick up and how much speed you need to get on the wave and all that sort of stuff. And then once you've done that, then you've got to learn how to get up. You know, get up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly the same, man. It's like, you know, you've got to learn the discipline of, you know, tuning your bow in, what arrows to use, what's your, you know, what's your, your draw length, get your bow tuned into your, how, how heavy do you want your arrows? What weight do you want your tips? What broadheads do you use? What sort of sight do you want? Do you want to have a stabilizer? Do you know, there's a lot in it, a lot in it. So there's a rabbit warren, but, 
but then you add on the hunting component. So that's one section of it, you know, is your marksmanship and archery and then attach time in the field and hunting. And it's just a lifelong passion. That's what's great about it is because you'll never master it and you'll get really good at it, but not, you know, like, you know, yeah, it's, it, it's, uh, it, it's something which is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle and that's what it is. Yeah. Hunting, hunting's a lifestyle. It's not a, it, I wouldn't, especially bow hunting, I wouldn't call it just a hobby. It's something which you've got to sort of submerge yourself in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I love that about it. That's, that's great. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll, we'll start to wrap up. How can, um, how can people connect with you and, and find out more about the Alpha Human and, and get on some of your courses? Yeah, look, look, jump on. Uh, everyone's on Instagram really these days. Instagram, the Alpha Human um, is a good one. You get, you'll see a lot of our content, fresh content coming up from our courses on there and you can direct messages through there. Um, or if you go to thealphahuman.net, uh, that will has a couple of videos up on there of, of some of the stuff we spoke about before the high to heart we did and, and a, a recent video from New Zealand and, and you can inquire through there and that'll shoot Amy and I a message and we can reach out and, you know, have a chat to you and, and sort of talk to you about the courses and, and, you know, feel you out a little bit, make sure it's, you know, what you're, what you're looking for. And, and like I said to you, you know, everyone, a lot of people are looking for different things out of the course and we, we try to tailor that. So we, we sort of sit down with everyone and really work through what they want out of it. And we try to make, we try to tick all those boxes for them personally. That's not just a set structure. It's what does this group want and how do we fill that the, the needs for everyone? Yeah. Awesome, man. I'll, I'll link all that up in the show notes. Um, but yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate you sharing and, and, you yeah just being on and sharing your time with us no no worries legend and we'll have to get you back up for it for a hunt so once this you know once this COVID-19 finishes off reach out and and if there's a spare spot up there I'll, I'll roll you in thanks again guys for tuning in to today's show so if you t- found today's show valuable if you like you want to share it then please take a screenshot of this episode and share it on Instagram or whatever social media platform you use and tag myself uh, tag the alpha human let us know what you thought I think hunting is really a massive conversation, something that I really want to get into more, something that is uh, really going to help, at least on my journey, in reconnecting me with my food and the story of my food. And I think it's a big kind of skill that we've lost as humans. And in my eyes, at least, I need to regain it. And I think a lot of people need to regain it or at least get a little bit more in touch with where their food comes from. And being able to kill and harvest your own food is a beautiful way to kind of interact with that ecosystem. I talk a lot on this podcast about how humans are not separate to nature but work in conjunction with as and as an integral part of the natural world and when we remove ourselves from it that's when we experience disease, that's when we experience sickness, that's when we experience illness and hunting is an amazing way to kind of reconnect back into that ecosystem and understand our place as human beings, as human animals and how we play a role on the landscape and how we play a role within the natural world. So I really highly recommend checking out uh, these guys work at the Alpha Human. Uh, If you're in Australia and want to learn a little bit more about hunting and bow hunting and if you're not in Australia then I just highly recommend checking out hunting in general and seeing if you can learn a bit and kind of immerse yourself in that world a little bit more. Uh, again, thank you all so much for tuning into today's show. All the links to connect with Andrew are going to be down in the show notes, and all the links to connect with me and get my new book are also going to be down there. Other than that, I hope you all have an epic week, and I'll catch you on the next episode of Move Wild Podcast coming out on Friday.